Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Tennis world is once again in an empire state of mind. The best in the world won't be satisfied with anything other than conquering the concrete jungle. Top seed on the men's side, Carlos Alcaraz. It's been 15 years since a male player has come here to defend a title and done it successfully. I'm hoping for a Djokovic-Alcaraz final. Got all these key Americans in action today. The top-ranked woman, Jessie Pagula. Highest she's ever been seated here at this event. Madison Keith, former finalist here at the U.S. Open. Pretty routine for Medvedev. He's a great hardcore player. Daniil Medvedev setting up his own bakery inside Arthur Ashe Stadium. And your Aussie Open champ, Marina Sabalenka, can once again overtake Iga Sviantec for world number one, depending on her result here. Sabalenka is never easy to put away. Great to have you here with us. We are going to get you set for big second round matches today. TC Live at the U.S. Open, our two-hour pregame show to get you ready for first ball here on day four. The city of New York has always served as a passageway for millions of people to build a new life and achieve the American dream. And as the only major in America, the U.S. Open is a veritable gateway to tennis greatness. We've got your passport to all the action on Arthur Ashe Stadium. Andy Murray and Grigor Dimitrov meeting for the first time in nearly seven years, followed by former finalist Madison Keys. The night session has returning men's champ Carlos Alcaraz up first, setting the stage for top-ranked American Jesse Pagula. Players coming on site. There is Big Banks. Chris Eubanks feeling better today, playing doubles with Ben Shelton. They're taking on the top seeds, Wesley Kulhoff and Neil Skupski. And how about Big John Isner? Back to play, looking to continue his career another day. He's got singles against Michael Moe and a big doubles match with Jack Sock later today as well. As we welcome you back into our studios, the whole squad with you, Steve Weissman, Chanda Rubin, John Wertheim, Paul Anacone, getting you set for a big day four. Some of our colleagues getting huge wins yesterday, Caroline Wozniacki, Jen Brady getting a win, Taylor Townsend getting a win. Plus, it seems like everybody is is getting sick in New York right now. What, what's the biggest thing on your mind, Paul? Boy, you talk about the illness, right? That's one of the things that's going on. There's so many great storylines. But for me, I, last night as I was going through the results and I was looking at Stefano Tsitsipas losing another tough match, changing landscape, dad's not around coaching right now, Mark Filipousis, who has done a great job previously, a terrific coach kind of in there, the new Paula Bedosa relationship, just a lot of moving parts for Stefano. So I think he's at a stage in his career where it's time to just eva evaluate and then reevaluate. I don't think any big changes, but just something's going on that's not quite right with him. Mm. Yeah, interesting with Sitsipas. For me, the storyline was mom life. Oh, yeah. Steve, you mentioned oh. a couple of wins, a couple of moms on the comeback trail. Wozniacki, Townsend had the upsets yesterday, and then we've got three moms playing today. So, you know, 
It's mom power. Let's hear it for the moms. Yeah, yeah they're doing all the work. They, they're doing as it all. always. <laughs> we love the mo moms are the real MVPs. I mean, it's just how it goes. Uh, John, we had a big discussion yesterday about the WTA finals when they would announce where they would be as well, and you've got an update for us. Yeah, I mean, uh, interestingly, the, the Czech Republic, uh, Prague has issued a bid, and yesterday the Czech Republic reversed its policy, banning Russian and uh, Belarusian nationals. So uh, who knows? Correlation, causation, who knows? But that's a wrinkle, and as a result, perhaps we've heard that the vote on this, big vote, whether to go to Saudi Arabia, that has been pushed to next week. Mm. Uh, I was told by a board member it was supposed to have been decided yesterday, but now it looks like Another week, so good that there's more discussion, but what this means, you talked about it yesterday, Jenna, what this means is that Clock there's is even ticking. less time. Exactly. <laughs> Clock is ticking. So uh, next week we should get an announcement. Next, until you've got another update that it's Tomorrow. We'll see. A, a week <laughs> after that. But we, we will keep you updated here on TC Live, whatever we hear. John's been all over this story, absolutely doing a fantastic job. Uh, Chad, you talk about the moms. Speaking of them, how about six-time U.S. Open champ Serena Williams? Uh, she put this out on Twitter yesterday. She says she's developed a new fragrance. It's called Old Spoiled Milk. What does that mean, Chanda? You know, it's not easy being a mom <laughs> e either, Steve. You know, there's a lot that goes into it, especially the first few weeks. It can be a struggle. Mm. But Serena is fighting the good fight. This is the most healthy way to bring up your baby. And we love that she is giving her baby the nutrients that yes. she needs. That's the most important thing. We got showers. We can, we can make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> so keep keep the good fight going. She, she's having fun with it. Just had her second child a couple weeks yeah. ago. So, uh, you know, th things going well in, in the land of Serena as she's uh, joking about old spoiled milk. We move on to fresh new fashion. And uh, some of the guys out there, uh, they lost their sleeves, Paul. As you know, when the sun's out, the, the guns come out. So uh, who, who's rocking this? this look the best. I just think it's ironic that you guys are having me talk about this because you know under my jackets oftentimes I come in sleeveless. So yeah, oh yeah. It fits very well <laughs> with my whole persona. I, you know, I'm leaning towards Big Ben Shelton. Ooh, I like the simplicity really? of the stuff. You know, these guys are all unbelievably <laughs> physically gifted and look great in all of it, but I, I like the simplicity of Ben's uh, attire. Okay. Uh, I mean, Big Foe it always rocks that well. And, and Alcaraz, he's, he's been lifting. Are you guys talking about, though? Yeah, exactly. Are you are talking about the person or the or shirt? The attire. That's why right. maybe I've got a confused Who's rocking here. the outfit the best? Ch Chanda, okay, who's let the people know. Okay, okay, okay so we're talking about the outfit or okay. the guns? Exactly. Well, you have to. I would say you need the guns to rock the outfit well. Like. Don't you got make the me, don't make linguine me arms like it's not going to work. So right? for me, the shirt for Alcaraz, <laughs> the shirt that Alcaraz has is not the big win. It's paintball. It's, okay. it's it a little, the, it's a little weird. Yeah, it's I prefer team. probably the way Foe is rocking. Yeah, really. It's it's the. Better. Of that's, the two. For me. Foe has the, uh, Francis has the logo <laughs> of the Des Moines Aquarium. Carlos looks like he just played the <laughs> Long, Long Island paintball. I, I like the measured look in the middle, but I think uh, it's a lot of a lot of time spent on total. Um, I, I, think, I think you're right, though. Francis, Francis was pulling it off. I just, we, we questioned the uh, the aquarium look. But, uh, Anyway, shall we, uh, shall we move on to tennis? Uh, I mean, this, this is the OG, <laughs> the OG oh, yeah. of, you know, the sleeveless look, Ralph and the doll. He pulled it off. And, oh, yeah. and the capri pants. Yeah, those man, pants, I don't know. Yeah. The man can accessorize. <laughs> we, like the, uh, we like the pirate pants. There were, uh, there were some actual tennis matches played at the U.S. Open. Was there? Maybe in the next segment we'll talk. <laughs> yeah. we'll talk Big Prakash <laughs> energy going on in New York City. Sun's out, guns out. Yes, we are going to talk tennis when we come back. We got Francis Tiafo in action, Ben Shelton as well. All of those highlights 
on the way here on TC Live. We also talk about the teenage wasteland that was Arthur Ashe Stadium Wednesday. Coco Golf Mira Andreva taking center stage. The youngest U.S. Open champ ever, our own Tracy Austin, joins us from New York. Her thoughts on the Open thus far. And it's Pride Day at the U.S. Open. We share a story on a group of tennis players who are getting their message out. Don't go anywhere. TC Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Tennis Point, the official racket sports retailer of the ATP Tour. You know, why do you have to have your own separate organization? When I first started playing tennis in local leagues, there would be comments. You hit like a f Oh, what a gay shot. People don't come out to that. We don't have that here. It's a place for our players to go that they feel very comfortable. We've created that on every corner of the globe. My name is Rowan D'Souza. I'm the newly elected president and CEO of the Gay and Lesbian Tennis Alliance, also known as the GLTA. The Gay and Lesbian Tennis Alliance is an organisation that's made up of clubs from around the world that is tasked with providing opportunities for the LGBTQI plus community to play tennis in an environment that is safe and is welcoming and allows people to be themselves. I'm Dan Merithew, the former president um, of the Gay and Lesbian Tennis Alliance. When the GLTA first started, it was seven players on a public tennis court in San Francisco. And they came together because those seven players felt like it was a safe space for them, that they could be themselves. My name is Tu Nguyen. I'm from Los Angeles, California, and I've been playing in the GLTA for, I think, about seven years. For me, it's given me a whole new family. You know, as somebody who doesn't necessarily have the closest relationship to my own family growing up, it's been such a great way to make new people, make new family. So the GLTA has been going for over 30 years now. It started off with just a few clubs coming together in America. It's grown to be represented in every continent in the world, except Africa at this stage. My name is Merit Leukene. I have been four years on the board of the GLTA. I believe the biggest growth has been in the, in the women's section. That was one of the reasons why I was uh, invited to join the board, because uh, I started to think about how could we engage more women. So this part has really grown. My name's Christine Nielsen. I'm actually from the UK. I've been a member, I'd say like 15 years. I think it's provided a space where I can play tennis, the sport I love in an environment of total freedom and meet people from all over the world. Well, I think it's hard to quantify how many players we have in our reach. 20,000 who have GLTA memberships at 80 tournaments. That's like 8,000 participants a year. People of all abilities from all backgrounds. Before we keep going with the interview, I hear you have a little bit of a reveal you want to show us? Yes. 
The top is the Venus Williams 1997 US Open. The bottom is the Serena Williams 2018-2-2. So I'm combining both legends into one. I want to show that it's okay, clothings are just clothings, and it's what's inside that counts. One thing that does happen with LGBTIQ people in many aspects of life is that we are subconsciously or unknowingly excluded. All we're doing is creating a, an opportunity for people to have an entry point. It's not an exclusionary thing, and I think some people think that. So allies are absolutely welcome. The GLTA is about acceptance. GLTA is about family. I know I get emotional because I've been with GLTA for more than half of my life. So I think it's amazing that I have this family, you know, for the last 30 years to accept exactly for who I am and making new family members around the world. We love David. Uh, today is Pride Day at the U.S. Open, the third annual celebration of the LGBTQ plus community to spread a core message of inclusion. The Open Pride brunch is back, as well as a standing for family love and a quality fireside chat with panelists, including former professional soccer player and my friend Joanna Lohman. Well, a reminder to download the U.S. Open app to find your favorite players, track the latest scores, stats, match highlights, player news, and more. It is available in the App Store and the Google Play Store. We'll be back with the biggest highlights of day three when we return. John, Paul, and Steve back on TC Live, leading up to first ball on day four in New York City. Back to the highlights from yesterday. Top seed returning champ Iga Sviantek facing Daria Savile, John. The Aussie said her goal was not to get double bagel, and she took care of that in the first game. Yeah, the bakery <laughs> was closed yesterday. This is sort of some 2022 Iga vibes, where she wasn't necessarily at her best, but she was when it matters most. They're set point six three. Savile played a very nice match, sort of a good competitor, hung in the rallies. One thing she did not do well, second serves one of 18. Hard to beat uh, the number one player in the world and the defending champ when you win one second serve point the entire day. Otherwise, a very tight match. Iga had to, to dig, and you see by this scoreline here, um, Savile right in this match, but Iga with that whipping forehand came up with the goods when she had to. 23 winners on the day, including that one. She advances, but it was not easy. We'll take on her best friend on tour, Kaya Yuvan, next round. Uh, still on a quarterfinal collision course, though, with Coco Golf, who needed to get past 16-year-old Mira Andrieva, Chanda, rematch from Roland Garros. And this one had a little less fanfare because of how well Golf came out playing. Andrieva got the early break, but Golf would win four games in a row. Had to go up 4-1 in the first set, and it was just aggressive. Whenever she had opportunities inside the court, she would have 24 winners over the course of the match. And she was going after her shots, both forehands and backhands, up at the net, 15 of 18 points one. That's the type of comprehensive tennis golf can play, and she did it beautifully against Andreva, not really giving her a chance in this match. Coco has now won seven straight matches and uh, talked about some inspiration from another men's player afterwards. 
thing I've learned the most is how they're able to handle the situations when they're not playing their best tennis. For example, Carlos in Cincinnati, he was losing every match pretty much. But I don't know, the way that he was still smiling. And I was like, okay, I mean, like, if he can smile and he's number one in the world and he has all this pressure, he's supposed to beat Hubie, I guess, on paper, then I can do it um, in situations maybe where I'm technically most of the time now I'm not the underdog, but against, for example, like Ego or Savalenko, those who I'm considered the underdog on paper, I can smile too. So uh, I think I learned the most about their joy in matches and how I can transfer that because I have a lot of joy in me, but I just seem to bottle it up when I play. And now I'm really just having fun and laughing and smiling, and I think it's making tennis more enjoyable. Plenty of reason to smile for, for Coco Goff through a couple of matches. How cool is that? As she looks at what Carlos is doing right around the same age, like, ah. Oh. He can, he can have joy out there even when he's not winning. So can I. Yeah, I think that that's one of the most challenging things for a young, great player, especially someone that strives for perfection. Mm -hmm. You know, you see young, great players with so much weight on their shoulders, and Coco Golf's one of the best competitors I've ever seen. So she holds herself to such a high standard. I think part of the evolution, and the biggest part, is the mental part, the ability to accept imperfection, the ability to deal with the average days and get through. And now she's found a new key, it sounds like, for her to do that, which is to try to stay happy and optimistic and not kind of rake herself over the coals in those moments. And if that key is, in fact, a key, look out rest of the WTA. Yeah, exactly. Do you, do you guys remember Danny Almonte, the, the Little League player who was, uh, yeah. he was, was like 27 years old? I, I feel that way sometimes with, with Coco Gump, not physically, but she is so wise. She speaks with substance. There, there's a smile, there's a likability, but there's real wisdom and real sort of self-measured and uh, thoughtfulness in what she says. And yesterday it looked like two different generations. A couple, we, we joked about sort of teenage wasteland and two teenagers. It looked like a veteran against a rookie. And I just find Coco so impressive when she plays and the way she's measured and she resets. She plays like an adult, but she also, she notices things. She's very observant. I, I just, I'm just absolutely dazzled by her. And the fact that she's 19 doesn't, doesn't, quite, uh, doesn't quite add up. Yeah, I, I would say exactly the same thing in terms of her awareness. That's so impressive to me. In the thick of her career, you can see how much she wants, you know, to succeed and excel and win these big events. But she's also looking around. She's seeing, you know, what other players are doing, especially the best in the world, and trying to learn from it. I think that's incredibly important because she's still young. She's still learning. She's still growing uh, in terms of her career. I think embracing that aspect is going is only going to elevate her game. And the fact that, you know, she understands you got to relax and, and find some joy out there mm -hmm. even in tough moments it's just a tennis match and at the end of the day you may win you may lose but life goes on and you keep building you keep growing and I just love to see that about her right now she's given everybody else a whole lot of joy when she played doubles yesterday with Jesse Pagula hit a hit a winner on, on a return thought the match was over it wasn't they needed another game and she about yeah. it. She's like, yeah. Gronk was there they're having a great time it's a lot of smiles for Coco Golf. meantime on the men's side Novak Djokovic in action it's hard to say Novak Djokovic flying under the radar, but I mean, listen, this is the only major where he's never lost before the third round. He wasn't, he's not our first highlight of the day. Looking to get to 33 and 0, Paul. Yeah, and, and look, Novak, I'm not sure it's possible for him to fly under the <laughs> radar, but the expectations are so great. And when he continues to show magic like this, that topspin lob landing on the baseline, controlling rally, Zapata. Morales played a really nice first set, really did as well as he could to stay in rallies and try to use his big ground strokes. But look at that shot, just the ability to redirect and the comfort on the hard courts. And, and to me, 
That is the biggest question every player is going to have to ask himself against Novak. How am I going to make him uncomfortable enough three out of five sets? And very few people can answer it, especially when he plays like he did these last two sets. A couple of breadsticks and just really awesome buttoned-up tennis. Every time I watch him, just continue to clap and enjoy it. Clinical, routine, 40th win of the year. He's dropped just 11 games in his first two matches. I mentioned this earlier. Uh, there's some sickness going around the tournament. Jimmy Arias said Dominic team actually threw up before his match with Ben Shelton, Shanda, and the first set was still very competitive. Yeah, it was tight. And, you know, team, he's finding some form this year. It's unfortunate he couldn't quite feel his best from start to finish in this match. But Shelton coming up with the goods when he needed it. Under some pressure, started the tie break, and he hits the perfect shot at the perfect moment. But Dominic team, after going off court, the end of that first set, Tried to make a go of it, but just could not sustain. And that's a miserable feeling when you are feeling that sick in the middle of a match, a tight match, and he just couldn't continue. So unfortunate for Dominic team. Hopefully he can continue to build um, on this year, the matches he's won, but a nice win going through for Ben Shelton. Yeah, Shelton, third round of a major for the second time, and hope you feel better, Dommy. Taylor Fritz match. Well, this was on TV in the Paul Anacone household last night with Grey Goose Honey Deuces flowing. Uh, Fritz's game was flowing on court, Paul. He was. He was just started off with a lot of power tennis guys. And look, when, when Taylor's locked in and gets a lead like this and is able to start swinging freely with his power from the back of the court, it is really, truly impressive. And this is a tough matchup because, again, this is a match he's supposed to win. And Taylor puts a lot of pressure on himself. I talked about it with Coco. Same with this young man right here. He expects a ton. But Michael Russell doing such a great job sprinkling that gold dust around to try to make sure he maintains composure, clarity about how he wants to play, and other than his 69-mile-an-hour second serve, I was pretty impressed with what he did yesterday. We said Novak Djokovic has only lost 11 games to two matches. How about Taylor Fritz, who could play him in the quarterfinals? He's only lost 10 games in two matches. This is a guy who won't have to face another seeded player until the last eight. Great chance to make his deepest run in New York. When we come back, it was the first meeting of former major champs at this year's U.S. Open. Caroline Wozniacki and Petra Kvitova renewing their rivalry next on TC Live. Beautiful day in New York City. Ruben Anacone, we're Tom Weissman back on TC Live at the U.S. Open. Highlights continue. American Francis Tiafo Paul looking to make the third round for the fourth straight year in New York. No trouble with Sebastian Offner. Yeah, just a really buttoned up performance. Look at Francis here opening the court up again with the shot awareness. Closes to finish. He just seems so locked in. Look, we're talking only about two rounds so far, but he has looked dialed in. Looks like he's very clear about what he's trying to do. And gang, we know he loves playing in the Big Apple. So the energy is going to be there. The positivity is going to be there. 
and yesterday just a lot of impressive stuff really just knocked Offner off his box and able to really impose offensive tennis throughout the match. Look at him come forward again. Beautiful feel. Just thrives on the all the positive vibes from the fan. It is going to be a, a fun couple weeks, I think, for Francis Tiafo here. Just too much firepower and really good shot selection in three straight sets. That's a huge sign for Francis. 21 winners said, I feel so comfortable on this court. Looking very comfy as well. Back into round three is Big Foe. Meantime, Tommy Paul lost to Roman Safulin nine years ago in the U.S. Open Juniors. John, he has been waiting for his revenge, and he did it in epic comeback fashion. Yeah, it looked like uh, it wasn't going to happen for the first 90 minutes or so. Paul's sort of flat as a tennis court, um, but then he'd be snapped back. Like, not the old nice player, Wimbledon Borders, just last month. Um, Tommy Paul, though, this guy reached the semis of the last hardcore major. He's in the top 15, and he really turned this match right here in the third set. You saw he got the early break, and from there, totally different match. Um, his margins changed. You see uh, the athleticism he could bring to bear. He ended up with 10 aces, 43 winners. A very strange match, just in the sense that uh, if this were best of three, he would be a very disappointed man, but turns it around in the third, and then rolled home after that. Uh, expect to see him on a bigger court for, uh, from here on out. But uh, nice win for Tommy Paul. Took more than three hours, and again, uh, took him a while to get going, but when he did, he rolled home. Revenge. Paul Anico called it. He said after he lost that second set, he's not losing. He's not losing. First ever comeback. Two down. Uh, Caroline Wozniacki with an homage to her good friend Serena, rocking the cat suit against Petra Kvitova, and she showed out like a lion on court, Chanda. Yeah, especially in the teeth of the match crunch times, we saw the quickness of Wozniacki on display. That was always a staple of her game. She was able to take that first set 7-5. And here, with a match point, she'd have a couple of them, but Kvitova, top 20 player now, right outside the world's top 10, she would not go down easily. This would go to a tie break. And credit to Wozniacki for just staying calm and relaxed. Kvitova there with the double. A lot of pressure, and she was feeling it. And in the end, Wozniacki gets a huge upset. Real validation match. First top 20 win in five years when she also beat Kvitova. That was at the WTA Finals. 40th win at the U.S. Open. Go Carol. Here in our crash stadium night session, playing in front of a packed crowd. I mean, this couldn't be better. It's a dream come true. And if you'd asked me three years ago, <laughs> if you'd asked me three years ago, I would have said I'll never be back here playing on this court. But to be back and to beat the world number 11 feels very, very special. So thank you, everyone, for coming out tonight and supporting me. It really means so much. Awesome, awesome to see. What did Carol prove to you with that win last night, Paul? Look, I, I just think she's an amazing human being, an incredible athlete, and we've seen it, you know, firsthand with her professionalism on camera. What mm -hmm. she does here with us, she's always prepared. She loves the game. She knows the game. And for a while since she's been watching it, I think it's been rekindling that fire. I think she's like, okay, I've got my kids. I've got my family. I feel good. I'm playing a lot of tennis. Let's give it a shot. And last night she showed us why she's given it a shot. She's still a heck of a player. You can stay in shape. You can still hit a nice ball. But you can't replicate playing a night match at the U.S. Open against a former major champion. So I think that really proved a lot. It, it, a little bit of a hot take. Is this Caro 2.0? I mean, it's like Svitolina. Are we seeing a little more aggression post-maternity? Just throwing it out there.
Yeah, I mean, look, you know, mom's life, we talked about it at the top of the show, you know, you get a different kind of attitude. And I think, you know, there's a lot more focus we're seeing uh, with players who are on the comeback trail, who have kind of settled into this next phase of their life with families, with kids. But they realize I still have goals. I still have things I want to do that I feel I can do out there. And there's some power in kind of taking that back uh, personally. And I think for Wozniacki, we're seeing partly that uh, mindset. But also, maybe the fact that she played Legends in Paris, she was like, no, nah, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. Let's, let's get some back on the tour and see what I can do there. Uh, but she's just been terrific. Only her third tournament back, and she gets a big win like this. Um, she's fit. She looks healthy, happy. I and mean, that's a great combination. Yeah, she gets Jenny Brady yeah, next. Brady. Looking forward to that matchup. A couple of, of Tennis Channel commentators going head-to-head. -head. Uh, let's break down some matches going on today. we got big John Isner, who is back again against fellow American Michael Moe. The last dance for John Isner. Does it continue? How do you see this one go? Oh, oh. It's on John Isner's racket, as it tends to be with most matches. For Michael Moe, it's very simple. How many returns can you get in play? And how athletic can you make the points? If you can do that over a long three out of five set match, he's got a good shot. If John hits targets on serves, plays offensive tennis returning, it's just what he does. I think definitely for Mo, he's got to take care of his own service games, and that can be tricky against a guy like Isner who can hold so easily, who can take the racket out of your hand, got to get it to a tie break uh, if he can. Obviously, you look for chances to break serve, but the main thing is to take care of things on your side of the court. I think Mo can do that, but that's going to be a big challenge. Big opportunity for, for Michael Moe, as well as for John. But, you know, in the middle of his career, Michael Moe's had a, a sort of a sneaky good year and has had a lot of nice wins over top players. Here he is uh, arriving for, for a big day chance at the That's Arthur, third round. Arthur Feast Arthur. coming in. The, um, but Michael Moe, I've, I've beaten five top 20 players this year. So uh, chance for, for a nice signature win for Michael Moe. It, it certainly is. Uh, for John Isner, he, he would be the oldest American man to reach the third round at the U.S. Open since Jimmy Connors when he made that semifinal push. So also playing doubles with Jack Sock. Looking forward to that. Is he uh, playing mix mm. too? John's yeah, not right. playing mix. Not playing mix? No. Okay. Jack is. Jack's playing mix? Yeah. With Coco. Oh, Coco, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to go out, go out big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maximize your chance of winning. Uh, last American to win a major singles title. We've talked about Sophia Cannon. She's got Daria Kazakina. Who do you give the edge to in this one? You know, I think Kazakina, she's been tough. I, you know, I believe Kazakina won the last time they played. I certainly think she has the edge. But Kennan, she's so dangerous. And when she can catch fire, obviously a major champion, she's got, you know, some of that belief that's still there. Uh, and it can turn within one match or, or, you know, within a situation on court. I think, you know, that's going to be the key is can she have the confidence to go after her shots, to use the backhand, to open up the court, not let Kazakina dictate and control the tempo and the pacing, that's not going to be easy to do, but she's got a good shot, uh, Kennan, and hopefully she can play well. Who's the last player to beat Coco Goff at a major? Um, it's Kennan. I mean, it's, it's, it's <laughs> such a strange three years. She, she won a major. She got to the final of another major. She's also dropped way into the triple digits in her ranking, but this is an opportunity. Kazakin is a, a nice player to watch. She's fun to, to you know, as, as entertainment value. She's not someone who's going to blast Kennan off the court, so I think this, this could be a real battle. I'm really looking forward to the matchup between Andy Murray and Grigor Dimitrov. 
Dimitrov had a heck of a comeback in, in his first-round match. And, and Andy Murray's Andy Murray. I mean, how do you see this one going, Paul? Yeah, look, Grigor Dimitrov is still one of the best athletes on tour, has so many weapons to hurt everybody. And Andy Murray does what Grigor doesn't like to do, which is return your second serve unbelievably effectively. So this is going to be a great chess match. Um, I look for the balance on offense for Andy to see if he can get uh, really aggressive and try to dictate playing for Grigor. I want to see if he tries to find his way into the net. Is going to be athletic and it's going to be entertaining. Two great competitors. You bring the popcorn. Yeah, and I'll you bring, bring the honeydews. I'll bring the honeydews. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, it's time. They are meeting. Not a lot of secrets yeah. here. And if it weren't only the head-to-head -head Andy 8-3, if it weren't only the head-to-head, -head, two members that used to work with uh, Murray now working with uh, Grigor Dimitrov. So these two know each other well. Murray going for his 50th win at the U.S. Open. There's always something with Andy Murray. You know, numbers, man. It's yeah, a numbers game. Pushing those numbers. Got his 200th Grand Slam win, the last one. So now right. 50th U.S. Open. Pretty good stuff. Good division. Yeah. <laughs> 50, about 50. About a quarter of them at each one-ish. Yeah. All right. We, oh, we're live inside the gym. And look at us in the middle TV. That's Chanda Rubin. Everybody's watching you, Chanda. actually watching tennis, Wait, wait to tell It's the only pregame show for the U.S. Open. Players know that. they be watching? <laughs> More TC Live after a quick break. You can find us every morning, 9 a.m. Eastern, leading up to live coverage on ESPN at noon Eastern. Don't go anywhere. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Back on TC Live, Taylor Fritz and Francis Tiafo leading Team World against Stefano Tsitsipas, Kasper Ruud, and Team Europe in Vancouver, Canada for the 2023 Labor Cup. Do not miss Tennis Channel's exclusive live coverage of the three-day event. It begins Friday, September 22nd. Well, we are leading you up to first ball in New York City, and USOpen.org is your online home for point-by-point -point live scoring, highlights, real-time stats, and draws. Visit the official tournament site at usopen.org today. Steve Weissman back in our studios, and in the NFL, it's called Scorigami, a final score that has never happened before in history. Well, we had the tennis version yesterday. Martina Trevisan became the first woman in the open era to win a major singles match with the scoreline of Love 6, 7-6, 7-6. Amazing. For a look at today's forecast, here's Fox Weather. I'm Fox Weather's Jay Menard. Here's today's U.S. Open forecast. Our pros can expect partly cloudy skies, temperatures in the mid-70s. You can stream Fox Weather at your favorite connected TV device like Samsung Plus TV, Channel 1010. Always on, always free. All right, thank you, Jane. When we come back, it's our own Tracy Austin joining us from New York, where she's been hard at work. She'll break down all the action at the U.S. Open. Don't go anywhere.
spectacular awaits on day four at the U.S. Open. TC Live leading you up to first ball, as always. Featured matches on Arthur Ashe Stadium. Andy Murray and Grigor Dimitrov meeting for the first time in nearly seven years, followed by former finalist Madison Keys. The night session has returning men's champ Carlos Alcaraz up first, setting the stage for top-ranked American Jesse Pagula. Then over on Louis Armstrong, it is an all-Italian battle up first between Yannick Sinner and Lorenzo Sonigo, followed by two-seed Arena Sabalenka, and the sixth meeting between Alina Svitolina and Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova. In the night session, it's Cannon and Kazakina, followed by the men's two-seed, Daniil Medvedev. Time now to welcome in our friend, Hall of Famer, two-time U.S. Open champion, Tracy Austin. Good morning, Trace. Great to see you. Good morning, guys. I'm coming to you from Forest Hills, where they played the U.S. Open until 1977 was the last year. And this is the Bud Collins Library. It seems perfect to come to you from Bud's house. Absolutely. That's that's beautiful. A, a lot of memorabilia there behind you with all those rackets and books and stuff like that. So day four, the U.S. Open, that's where we're at, Trace. Well, what's been the biggest storyline so far for you? Well, I think Caroline Wozniacki winning that match last night against Kvitova. She had only won one match in two tournaments coming in. I actually covered her first match uh, up in Montreal when she came back after three and a half years and two children. It's just an amazing story. But to beat Petra Kvitova, who I believe is 11 in the world and playing well this year on the big stage in a tight two-setter, that's the tough part is – you can hit, you can practice all day. I saw her practicing a lot, a lot of hours out in Cincinnati. But to, to play those big moments well after being gone for so long is absolutely incredible. It's been so much fun to watch her. And look, that was an amazing win to beat Kvitova last night. I'm sure so much emotion coming out. We can see it uh, in the face there. And obviously now she gets to share it with her children and her family. And speaking about children, I wanted to ask you about uh, your take on Dreva, about Andreva and the match yesterday, uh, obviously with Coco. We've talked about Coco for so much, but Andreva, 16 years of age. Does it stir up memories for you? <laughs> Absolutely, Paul. Uh, you know, it's it's funny because Coco's still 19. She's so young. She's having the best summer of her life. But she rarely has to play against somebody that's younger than her. And we know that they played at Roland Garros. It was a tight three-setter. Coco losing that first set and coming back to win pretty handily. But there's always that it, little extra pressure when you're playing somebody younger. When I was 16 here playing at the Open, um, I, you know, I was one of the favorites, but I came in having to play against Andrea Yeager in the first round or two, who was 14. That was a lot of pressure. Fellow American, there's always that extra spice to it, but then playing against somebody younger. So I thought Coco handled it beautifully. Coco, that first match in the first round, that night session, played with the Obamas in the house. Maria Sharapova was back in town and Lindsey Vaughn. It was, a, it was a big night. There's always that extra electricity, a night match at the U.S. Open, and so much talk about Coco possibly being a favorite you know, in the conversation, but also can she win it because she's been playing so well. She played tight against Sigamund, but yesterday she was too strong, served well, big forehand, which we normally don't say. We usually say just big backhand. 
So Coco's looking really good and, and back on track after that first round. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, right, watching two youngsters go at it. And that, that's such a key point for, for me, seeing Coco have to play a younger player where she's supposed to win, little different kind of pressure. But we've been talking about Coco for so long. What's the next hurdle for her about winning this major, the elusive major? We saw her get to the finals at Roland Garros. For her right now, Tracy, in her mind, in your experience at this age, is it more mental or physical right now for Coco to capture a major title? Well, I think it's more tactical. I, I really think that she's changed up a couple of things. I talked to Brad a couple of days ago here. We were doing something at Forest Hills, and he said that he's never mentioned the outright forehand and worked on the forehand. He wants her to get a little bit more shape. But overall, it's about being more aggressive-minded. Coco used to slide or serve in 110, 112, maybe 115. He said, I want you to go big, particularly when she beat Iga in the semifinals. I want 118, 120, 122, because I don't want Iga to break your serve as many times as she had in the past when Coco was 0 and 7, 0 and 14 in sets. So I think that was, if there's one turning point in Coco's career, it might be that Sviantec match in Cincinnati where she saved a set point in the first set. But she was just bigger. When she starts bigger with that serve, and then on the return, he wants her to move back a little bit so she has more time to get that return back in play, then get up, hug the baseline, and just go after her shots and really play with freedom. And that has changed. I think just having that little bit of clarity about how she wants to specifically play out there has been different. And then Coco says that she's gotten this perspective when she sees the 30-year-olds out there and realizes, at 19, I've got a lot of years don't put so much pressure on myself. Go out, enjoy. And I, I think that Coco, you know, 13-1 this summer, winning two of the biggest tournaments in her career, just taking these matches. She's so strong. She's so physical, but playing smarter matches as well. It's it's really exciting. Paul, I think she can, uh, and Steve, I think she can win this year's U.S. Open. Well, I think she can win this year's U.S. Open. Coming from the two-time U.S. Open champ, uh, Tracy Austin. We'll see if they make it to the quarterfinals. Coco Goff, Iga Sviantec, once again. You talked about Caroline Wozniacki earlier. Five of the ten mothers in the draw are still alive, Tracy. Wozniacki's one of them, but also Alina Svitolina, also Taylor Townsend. Are, are you surprised, especially with Svitolina, Wozniacki, that they have found their form so quickly? I mean, Svitolina only came back in Charleston. She's already back to 25 in the world in the live rank. Yeah, it's unbelievable. That is such an incredible story because I think you add in being from Ukraine. And I think that actually might have helped. It's an added element. Already has this great family life, happy with Gail, happy with her child, Sky, who she delivered last October. It, it kind of takes a little bit of pressure of all your eggs in one basket just for the tennis. But then we saw quarters at Roland Garros, semis at Wimbledon. And riding that wave at Wimbledon, we felt like playing for Ukraine, playing for something bigger than yourself. She's playing with more freedom. She's hitting her ground strokes, driving through those forehands. She was always a great counterpuncher, moves extremely well, but it's just really exciting to see her come back and play, as I said, for uh, for Ukraine, for her family, and, and just being so aggressive. Uh, and then Taylor yesterday, how about her celebration? I was going from sweet to sweet, but I did manage to see how excited she was and why not? She's had so much success in doubles, but that's a big win to beat her dad, Maya, in single. So great job for Tay-Tay. Yeah, it was great to see her play so well. Tracy, I wanted to ask you about your career. We talked about, we we're just talking about Caroline and all the mothers. As you go through your career, there's a lot of 
different kinds of adversity that you deal with. You had to deal with injury. You also have to deal with changes. And a lot of these women now are mothers. What to you stands out in your career that kind of helped you deal with the different evolutions of your life to sustain some consistency at the top of the game? I think that's so important, Paul. You know, we know as athletes that there's only one winner each week. And so it's really about managing your losses, managing your injuries, managing the difficult times. And I think if you can gain some perspective, like Coco has obviously at such a young age, that I loved how Sharapova oftentimes when she would lose, she would go into a press conference and say, yeah, I lost today, but guess what? Next week, Two weeks from now, it's another opportunity. So that's a great way to take the pressure off, try to think long-term, because sometimes you kind of squeeze yourself as an athlete. We pressure, self-pressure that we put on ourselves. So if we can have that great foundation first, and then I think it's the people that are around you, that are reminding you of these moments of how you can build, how you can adapt, and that everybody has to go through these difficult times, and it's it's how you how well you adapt um, in those moments. I think that's really really important. With Mira Andreeva losing, by the way, Tracy's record is the the youngest champ in the U.S. Open. It is safe for another year. I don't know who's going to come up, but uh, always a pleasure to catch up with you, Tracy. Enjoy the rest of the tournament. Love it. Great to talk to you guys. Love you, Tracy. See you soon. All right, stay connected to the U.S. Open on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Join the conversation with hashtag U.S. Open. More TC Live after this. Back on TC Live, a reminder, the Tennis Shop, powered by Tennis Point, is the new online store featuring the latest apparel and equipment Scan that QR code right there on your screen or visit TennisShop.com today to search a wide selection of brands and get the same gear as all your favorite pros. Speaking of your favorite pros, how about Arena Sabalenka coming on site? Had 27 winners in her first round win, now has 596 at the majors this year, the most of any women's singles player. It's Jody Burridge later today. Smile for the camera, Arena. We see you. Highlights from yesterday, newest member of the top 10 channel, Karolina Mukhova, continuing to rise. No issues with Magdalena Frank. Uh, Mukhova is another player under the radar, considering she is the Roland Garros finalist. Maybe we should be talking about her a little more, especially with this kind of net play. The hands, the volleying came in plenty of times during this match. Just control the rhythm and the pacing throughout. Freck, though, she got a little inspiration trying to get in on her side of the court. But Muhova just so good in this department. And also from the ground, creating these openings, being able to hit through the court, that's been a big part of the Muhova arsenal. And she used it beautifully to get through three and three. Never faced a break point all day. Won 80% of her first serve points. She is moving on to the next round. The upset of the day, Paul Stefano Sitsipas facing Dominic Stricker. The Greek star has never made the second week in New York. Stricker, he never had a top 10 win. One of those facts no longer true. Uh, just a lot of talent in that left arm of Dominic Stricker. Uh, I'll tell you what, Stricker wins the first set 7-5. Then what happened for the next kind of two hours or so was a little head scratching because I was like, oh, he had a nice match. He gets into the second set tie break. Sitsipas imposes his will, comes forward here, started applying a little bit more pressure, and Sitsipas goes on to win the second set. But then in the third set, 
Stricter stays close, and I was like, if he can win this one, he's going to give himself a good shot. But again, Sitsipas in the big moments comes through in the tiebreak, and this is where I thought it would be over. But he didn't go away after he ran two sets to one and plays a terrific fourth set tiebreak after having to return to stay in the match. Remember, Sitsipas up 5-3 in that fourth set. Sitsipas loses the fourth. Stricker early break in the fifth, fends off two break points the last game. And for the young Swiss player, boy, that was a heck of an effort over a lengthy, grueling match. The upsets continued, John. Last year's finalist, Kasparud, having trouble with Zhang Zhizhen. Yeah, strange match. Keep in mind, we score budge here. Um, Zhang's a nice player. He's had some good wins, beating Taylor Fritz, among others, this year. Here we go to a fourth set, and we say, okay, well, Kasparud, he reached the finals last year, reached the French finals about 90 days ago. Okay, he'll fight and win this match. Sixth love in the fourth, and then Zhang comes right back. He had 18 aces. This is a nice player with a lot of variety to his game, winning points at the net, 60 winners on the day. Overall, held up physically in a long match. Very impressed by Zhang. I'm not sure how much Casper's looking at. This is a nice way to close out a match. I'm not sure what we make of this performance by Rude. You expected a bit more, but that is a nice win from a nice player. Triple Z, first Chinese man to get a top five victory. We say farewell to Casper Rude. Taylor Townsend. Bat and clean up in our Americans in Action segment as she is one win away from re-entering the top 100. That's right, Tay-Tay, we see you. We'll preview both halves of Gems Life, who play today for spots in the third round. And a warm and fuzzy visit with the highest-ranked American in all the land, Jesse Pagula. Talking, I think, Gators, maybe? Back on TC Live, the Shelton's in the house. Benny on the left, his dad Brian on the other side. Playing some uh, doubles today with Chris Eubanks. He's also playing mixed with Taylor Townsend, still in singles as well. How about another American? Madison Keys has won her last seven second-round matches at the U.S. Open, looking to continue that streak today in Queens. All right, the Americans in action and we've got a lot of them on day four. Look at all those American flags. How about Sasha Vickery, Chanda, taking on Greet Menon? Uh, this is a terrific opportunity for Sasha Vickery, trying to get to the third round of a major for the first time in her career. Came through qualifying and has had to battle, had the upset over Donna Vekic. So hopefully she can have a good match as well. Yeah, I'd love to see that from Sasha. Peyton Stearns we saw there as well, That's former right. Texas star. Doing well at uh, the top, top 50, 50 right? Yeah. Top 50, and uh, you saw Alex Mickelson, big opportunity against a seed as well. Yeah, a lot of Americans on the board today. Look at John Isner. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm really just intrigued by the matchup, just youth versus the experience. And John was so choked up the other day, you know, playing a singles match. I just hope he can free up and have a big tournament. And Michael Mose, we've talked about it. He's coming into his own now, starting to have a nice year, starting to believe in his game. So, good opportunity for both those guys. So many of those Americans played college tennis as we get the recap from yesterday. Battle of College Starts, Matthew McDonald, UCLA, Bruno Gojo, Wake Forest, John. 
Yeah, uh, there's a lot of contrast in this match. This was a surprising match, I thought. I mean, Matthew was not that far away from being seated. Had a very nice time. Beating Rublev, beating you know, Taylor Fritz, beating, uh, beating Holgerun as well. But uh, Mackie's good vibes ended yesterday against Gojo, the Croatian, big server, 25 years old, had to qualify. So he played a lot of tennis just to get here and really one-way traffic. Um, just too much power on the Gojo side of the net. On the wake side, maybe some college tennis vibes, but uh, straight set loss for Mackie Gojo advances. Got the mojo going. First time he's into the third round of a major. Another former college tennis star, Chris Eubanks, facing... French wildcard Benjamin Bonzi. The American was not feeling his best, Paul. Yeah, this was a tough one. Banks said he hasn't been feeling great since uh, Sunday. He's been struggling a little bit with that uh, stomach bug that everyone has seemed to have. And Bonzi did a nice job winning the first set. Good, good effort from Banks to turn things around in the second, using that power game, trusting it, going with big power tennis. And I felt like the third was going to be pivotal for Banks to see if he could get out in front and keep the confidence going. A little misjudgment there. That was a high forehand volley. And Bonzi jumps out with that 6-2 third set. They get into the tiebreak. Banks tweaked his hip, too. So had a little bit of the double whammy going. But he's had such a terrific year so far. Really new landscape for him. Being seated at the open. Feeling comfortable at the top of the game. So this is a tough loss for him. Never want to lose, especially your home major, but so many good things for Banks this year and more to come. Well, we'll keep the college tennis theme going. Uh, one of Stella Sampras' former stars in Westwood, Jen Brady. The comeback continues, Chad. It had the crowd on its feet against Magdalenette. I mean, big forehands like that. The power game of Brady was on full display. And it was the type of tennis she needed against a very solid player in Magdalenette who won the second set. But in the third, Brady getting the break and then showing some inspired stuff. The backhand slice up the line, asking for a little love from the crowd. Come on, give it to me. And they did. <laughs> and Brady in the end closing it out in terrific fashion. Big win for her back after a couple of years off tour and back in a big Ooh. way. Flex seal. She, she's got a lockdown, Jen Brady. Good stuff. So play Caroline Wozniacki next. Uh, Taylor Townsend. At a career high in doubles, but do not sleep on her singles game, looking for her second top 20 win of the year against Beatrice Haddad Maya. Uh, she's got so much variety, Townsend, and she's gaining the confidence again on the singles court, and it's been a terrific combination. This shot from Haddad Maya, though, may be a little mistake. It looked like it was going out. Townsend made her play it and took advantage in that first set tiebreak, and that was a huge step forward for Townsend to get the first set tucked away. But here in the second, Haddad Maya looked like she was going to make some moves. Look how quickly Taylor Townsend got up to that ball. She was anticipating. The intensity was there. And she needed every bit of it to get this upset win, but gets it done after a little adversity. And you can see she's feeling it. Tay-Tay is so pumped into the third round of the U.S. Open. We are here for it. I'm going to hug your coach, John. Let, let, let's hear from Tay Tay after. Yeah, I've worked really hard to be in the place where I am today and be sitting in front of you guys. So, um, you know, I never take a day for granted. And, you know, to be a, I felt great going into the doubles. I was more mentally tired than anything just from the emotions of the match, from the singles. But, um, you know, overall, these are these are the times. And a day like this, I would be proud to share with my son and say, look, like you put in the work. 
and you reap the rewards. Sometimes you don't know when that's going to happen, but, you know, just keep working and it'll happen eventually. We, we know Aiden's pr proud of Mama uh, as well. She also said, my doubles ranking is higher than my singles, but not for long. I like oh, it. Yeah. I like I love it. love that confidence. Yeah, so much talent. All right, Jenna, anyone on the tour have better hand talent than Taylor Townsend? <laughs> I can't think of one. I mean, we saw Muhova, and she's pretty close in terms of talent at the net with the hands, the feel. But Taylor Townsend, she's special in a different way. Amazing. I mean, it's incredible. The shots that can come off her racket before you even have a I – mean, I wouldn't even think of a shot that she can hit sometimes, and, and it's already off her racket. You mentioned Muhova. Who does Taylor Townsend play next? That'll be a fun <laughs> That's match. That's some talent right there. 27 points, one at the net. And she said also when pressed, she said, look, I don't even consider myself a doubles player. I'm a tennis player. Uh, sometimes it's doubles, sometimes it's singles, but she is so fun to watch, so much variety, and for all she's been through when she's a mother, she's still in her mid-20s, yeah, so right? <laughs> plenty of upside there. It's, uh, it was a great, great win yesterday and a really big opportunity against the finalists at the French Open. And if she wins that match, back Single. into the top 100. And singles. So you know, just real quick, she got in. Remember, she beat Simona Halep. Great match at the U.S. Yes. Open. She got into this draw this year with Simona Halep. Pult. That's right. We'll bring it full circle. Symmetry, symmetry. Oh, we right. have John's stat of the day, and that's not even it. Coming up later in the show, I mean, more brilliance from Wertheim. Plus, uh, we'll break down all the big matches today. Paul's got your hot shot of the day. It may end up being the best of the best for the entire tournament. See what you think. We'll be right back. Welcome back. There is Clervy Gunaway coming on site. Your 18 Nationals champ and also pulled off a huge upset in doubles yesterday with Robin Montgomery. They took out the seven seeds. Some hot shots in that match. And how about your hot shot of the day? Adrian Manorino, Paul, acting like he's Gael Malfis. I mean, look at the athleticism right here. A jump freight face forwarding tweener and then on the runs. Error right here though, Steve. Error right there. That's an unforced error. All the high fives she could have had along the way. You can't leave those fans hanging. No way. Not in New York especially. Look at that play. That is unbelievable. But let me ask you, is there any chance mm. Big Foe wouldn't have gotten all these high fives all along the oh, way? He, he's doing that. He's getting some popcorn. Yeah. Maybe a little soda. We whatever. can't take away from the shot though. No. Awesome I mean, shot. that's a shot of the tournament so far. Awesome shot. You think that holds up for the rest of the two weeks? I'm going to go with no. I think okay. we're going to come up with a couple more spectacular ones, and we'll cover them right here. We will. The, the Manorino, the myth, the legend. By the way, he plays Francis Tiafo next, so could be some more hot shots in that one. Time now, as always, for our warm and fuzzy segment, Jesse Pagula with Michael Costa. This will probably make you feel better. I don't know. Will it? <laughs> it's an alligator. It's an alligator. Does yeah. that evoke anything? Um, grew up, honestly, with a lot of alligators in my backyard. Well, that's childhood memories. That's a unique. Know, that's like, a unique sentence I don't hear all the time. Yeah, of. I did in Hilton Head, in South Carolina. We had alligators all the time on our back, literally like, for me to like, do sometimes. Is that why your footwork is so good? Because you were in the back, like. Yeah, maybe. Like <laughs> trying to dodge alligators. You can see all of Michael Costa's great work on these warm and fuzzy segments at TennisChannel.com. And coming up next, we get you ready for day four with all the big highlights and match previews. Keep it close. Steve back 
on TC Live leading up to first ball on day four in New York City. Back to the highlights from yesterday. Top seed returning champ Iga Sviantek facing Daria Savaljohn. The Aussie said her goal was not to get double bagel, and she took care of that in the first game. Yeah. <laughs> Bakery was closed yesterday. This is sort of some 2022 Iga vibes, where she wasn't necessarily at her best, but she was when it mattered most. They're set point six three. Savo played a very nice match, sort of a good competitor, hung in the rallies. One thing she did not do well, second serves one of 18. Hard to beat uh, the number one player in the world and the defending champ when you win one second third point the entire day. Otherwise, a very tight match. Iga had to, to dig, and you see by this scoreline here, um, Savile right in this match, but Iga with that whipping forehand came up with the goods when she had to. 23 winners on the day, including that one. She advances, but it was not easy. We'll take on her best friend on tour, Kaya Yuan, next round. Uh, still on a quarterfinal collision course, though, with Coco Golf, who needed to get past 16-year-old Mira Andrieva, Chanda, rematch from Roland Garros. And this one had a little less fanfare because of how well Golf came out playing. Andrieva got the early break, but Golf would win four games in a row uh, to go up 4-1 in the first set. And it was just aggressive. Whenever she had opportunities inside the court, she would have 24 winners over the course of the match. And she was going after her shots, both forehands and backhands, up at the net, 15 of 18 points one. That's the type of comprehensive tennis golf can play, and she did it beautifully against Andreva, not really giving her a chance in this match. Coco has now won seven straight matches, and uh, talked about some inspiration from another men's player afterwards. I think I've learned the most is how they're able to handle the situations when they're not playing their best tennis. For example, Carlos in Cincinnati, he was losing every match pretty much. But I don't know, the way that he was still smiling. And I was like, okay, I need, like, if he can smile and he's number one in the world and he has all this pressure, he's supposed to beat Hubie, I guess, on paper, then I can do it um, in situations maybe where I'm technically. Most of the time now, I'm not the underdog, but against, for example, like Ego or Sabalenka, those who are considered the underdog on paper, I can smile too. So uh, I think I learned the most about their joy in matches and how I can transfer that. Because I have a lot of joy in me, but I just seem to bottle it up when I play. And now I'm really just having fun and laughing and smiling. And I think it's making tennis more enjoyable. Plenty of reason to smile for, for Coco Golf through a couple of matches. How cool is that? As she looks at what Carlos is doing right around the same age, like, ah. He can, he can have joy out there even when he's not winning. So can I. Yeah, I think that that's one of the most challenging things for a young, great player, especially someone that strives for perfection. Mm -hmm. You know, you see young, great players with so much weight on their shoulders. And Coco Golf's one of the best competitors I've ever seen. So she holds herself to such a high standard. I think part of the evolution and the biggest part is the mental part, the ability to accept imperfection, the ability to deal with the average days and get through. And now she's found a new key, it sounds like, for her to do that, which is to try to stay happy and optimistic and not kind of rake herself over the coals in those moments. And if that key is, in fact, a key, look out rest of the WTA. Yeah, exactly. Do you, do you guys remember Danny Almonte, the, the Little League player who was, uh, <laughs> yeah. he was, was like 27 years old? I, I feel that way sometimes with, with Coco Goff, not physically, but she is so wise. She speaks with substance. There, there's a smile, there's a likability, but there's real wisdom and real sort of self-measured and uh, thoughtfulness in what she says. And yesterday it looked like two different generations. A couple, we, we joked about sort of teenage wasteland and two teenagers. It looked like a veteran against a rookie. 
And I just find Coco so impressive when she plays and the way she's measured and she resets. She plays like an adult, but she also, she notices things. She's very observant. I, I just, I'm just absolutely dazzled by her. And the fact that she's 19 doesn't, doesn't, quite, uh, doesn't quite add up. Yeah, I, I would say exactly the same thing in terms of her awareness. That's so impressive to me. In the thick of her career, you can see how much she wants, you know, to succeed and excel and win these big events. But she's also looking around. She's seeing, you know, what other players are doing, especially the best in the world, and trying to learn from it. I think that's incredibly important because she's still young. She's still learning. She's still growing uh, in terms of her career. I think embracing that aspect is going is only going to elevate her game. And the fact that, you know, she understands you got to relax and, and find some joy out there mm -hmm. even in tough moments it's just a tennis match and at the end of the day you may win you may lose but life goes on and you keep building you keep growing and I just love to see that about her right now she's given everybody else a whole lot of joy she played doubles yesterday with Jesse Pagula hit a, hit a winner on, on a return thought the match was over it wasn't they needed another game Gronk was there they're having a great time it's a lot of smiles for Coco Golf. meantime on the men's side Novak Djokovic in action it's hard to say Novak Djokovic flying under the radar, but I mean, listen, this is the only major where he's never lost before the third round. He wasn't, he's not our first highlight of the day. Looking to get to 33 and 0, Paul. Yeah, and, and look, Novak, I'm not sure it's possible for him to fly under <laughs> the radar, but the expectations are so great. And when he continues to show magic like this, that topspin lob landing on the baseline, controlling rally, Zapata. Morales played a really nice first set, really did as well as he could to stay in rallies and try to use his big ground strokes. But look at that shot, just the ability to redirect and the comfort on the hard courts. And, and to me, that is the biggest question every player is going to have to ask himself against Novak. How am I going to make him uncomfortable enough? Three out of five sets. And very few people can answer it, especially when he plays like he did these last two sets. A couple of breadsticks and just really awesome buttoned-up tennis. Every time I watch him, just continue to clap and enjoy it. Clinical, routine, 40th win of the year. He struck just 11 games in his first two matches. I mentioned this earlier. Uh, there, there's some sickness going around the tournament. Jimmy Arias said Dominic team actually threw up before his match with Ben Shelton Chanda, and the first set was still very competitive. Yeah, it was tight. And, you know, team, he's finding some form this year. It's unfortunate he couldn't quite feel his best from start to finish in this match. But Shelton coming up with the goods when he needed it. Under some pressure, started the tie break, and he hits the perfect shot at the perfect moment. But Dominic team, after going off court, the end of that first set, tried to make a go of it but just could not sustain and that's a miserable feeling when you are feeling that sick in the middle of a match a tight match and he just couldn't continue so unfortunate for Dominic team hopefully he can continue to build um, on this year the matches he's won but a nice win going through for Ben Shelton yeah Shelton third round of a major for the second time and hope you feel better Dommy Taylor Fritz match. Well, this was on TV in the Paul Anacone household last night with Grey Goose Honey Deuces flowing. Uh, Fritz's game was flowing on court, Paul. 
he was. He was just started off with a lot of power tennis guys. And look, when, when Taylor's locked in and gets a lead like this and is able to start swinging freely with his power from the back of the court, it is really, truly impressive. And this is a tough matchup because, again, this is a match he's supposed to win. And Taylor puts a lot of pressure on himself. I talked about it with Coco. Same with this young man right here. He expects a ton, but Michael Russell doing such a great job sprinkling that gold dust around to try to make sure he maintains composure, clarity about how he wants to play. And other than his 69-mile-an-hour second serve, I was pretty impressed with what he did yesterday. You said Novak Djokovic has only lost 11 games to two matches. How about Taylor Fritz, who could play him in the quarterfinals? He's only lost 10 games in two matches. This is a guy who won't have to face another seeded player until the last eight. Great chance to make his deepest run in New York. When we come back, it was the first meeting of former major champs at this year's U.S. Open. Caroline Wozniacki and Petra Kvitova renewing their rivalry next on TC Live. Beautiful day in New York City. Ruben Anacone, Wertham Weissman back on TC Live at the U.S. Open. Highlights continue. American Francis Tiafo Paul looking to make the third round for the fourth straight year in New York. No trouble with Sebastian Offner. Yeah, just a really buttoned-up performance. Look at Francis here opening the court up again with the shot awareness. Closes to finish. He just seems so locked in. Look, we're talking only about two rounds so far, but he has looked dialed in. Looks like he's very clear about what he's trying to do. And gang, we know he loves playing in the Big Apple. So the energy's going to be there. The positivity's going to be there. And yesterday, just a lot of impressive stuff. Really just knocked Offner off his box and able to really impose offensive tennis throughout the match. So couldn't come forward again. Beautiful feel. Just thrives on the all the positive vibes from the fan. It is going to be a, a fun couple weeks, I think, for Francis Tiapo here. Just too much firepower and really good shot selection in three straight sets. That's a huge sign for Francis. 21 winners said, I feel so comfortable on this court. Looking very comfy as well. Back into round three is Big Foe. Meantime, Tommy Paul lost to Roman Safiulin nine years ago in the U.S. Open Juniors. John, he has been waiting for his revenge, and he did it in epic comeback fashion. Yeah, it looked like uh, it wasn't going to happen for the first 90 minutes or so. Awesome. Flat as a tennis court, um, but then he'd be snapped back. But Safiulin, like, oh, nice player, dribbling quarters just last month. Um, Tommy Paul, though, he's kind of reached the semis of the last hardcore major. He's in the top 15, and he really turned this match right here in the third set. You saw he got the early break, and from there, totally different match. Um, his margins change. You see uh, the athleticism he could bring to bear. He ended up with 10 aces, 43 winners. A very strange match, just in the sense that uh, if this were best of three, he would be a very disappointed man, but turns it around in the third, and then... Rolled home after that. Uh, expect to see him on a bigger court for uh, from here on out. But uh, nice win for Tommy Paul. Took more than three hours, and again, uh, took him a while to get going. But when he did, he rolled home. Revenge. Paul Anico called it. He said after he lost that second set, he's not losing. He's not losing. First ever comeback from two down. Uh, Caroline Wozniacki with an homage to her good friend Serena, rocking the cat suit against Petra Kvitova, and she showed out like a lion on court, Chanda. Yeah, especially in the teeth of the match, crunch times, we saw the quickness of Wozniacki on display. That was always a staple of her game. She was able to take that first set 7-5. 
And here, with a match point, she'd have a couple of them, but Kvitova, top 20 player now, right outside the world's top 10. She would not go down easily. This would go to a tie break. And credit to Wozniacki for just staying calm and relaxed. Kvitova there with the double. A lot of pressure, and she was feeling it. And in the end, Wozniacki gets a huge upset. Real validation match. First top 20 win in five years when she also beat Kvitova. That was at the WTA Finals. 40th win at the U.S. Open. Go Being Carol. here in our crash stadium night session, playing in front of a packed crowd. I mean, this couldn't be better. It's a dream come true. And if you'd asked me three years ago, if you'd asked me three years ago, I would have said I'll never be back here playing on this court. But to be back and to beat the world number 11 feels very, very special. So thank you, everyone, for coming out tonight and supporting me. It really means so much to me. Awesome, awesome to see. What did Carol prove to you with that win last night, Paul? Look, I, I just think she's an amazing human being, an incredible athlete, and we've seen it, you know, firsthand with her professionalism on camera. What mm -hmm. she does here with us, she's always prepared. She loves the game. She knows the game. And for a while since she's been watching it, I think it's been rekindling that fire. I think she's like, okay, I've got my kids. I've got my family. I feel good. I'm playing a lot of tennis. Let's give it a shot. And last night she showed us why she's giving it a shot. She's still a heck of a player. You can stay in shape, you can still hit a nice ball, but you can't replicate playing a night match at the U.S. Open against a former major champion. So I think that really proved a lot. It, it, a little bit of a hot take. Is this Caro 2.0? I mean, it's like Svitolina. Are we seeing a little more aggression post-maternity? Just throwing it out there. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, mom's life, we talked about it at the top of the show, you know, you get a different kind of attitude. And I think, you know, there's a lot more focus we're seeing uh, with players who are on the comeback trail, who have kind of settled into this next phase of their life with families, with kids. But they realize I still have goals. I still have things I want to do that I feel I can do out there. And there's some power in kind of taking that back uh, personally. And I think for Wozniacki, we're seeing partly that uh, mindset but also maybe the fact that she played Legends in Paris. She was like, nah, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. Let's, let's get to back on the tour and see what I can do there. Uh, but she's just been terrific. Only her third tournament back, and she gets a big win like this. Um, she's fit. She looks healthy, happy. I mean, that's a great combination. Yeah, she gets Jenny Brady yeah, next. Brady. Looking forward to that matchup. A couple of, of Tennis Channel commentators going head-to-head. -head. Uh, let's break down some matches going on today. we got Big John Isner, who is back again against fellow American Michael Moe. The last dance for John Isner. Does it continue? How do you see this one going, well, well, It's on John Isner's racket, as it tends to be with most matches. For Michael Moe, it's very simple. How many returns can you get in play? And how athletic can you make the points? If you can do that over a long three to five set match he's got a good shot if John hits targets on serves plays offensive tennis returning it's just what he does yeah, I think definitely for Mo, he's got to take care of his own service games and that can be tricky against a guy like Isner who can hold so easily who can take the racket out of your hand got to get it to a tie break uh, if he can obviously you look for chances to break serve but the main thing is to take care of things on your side of the court I think Mo can do that but that's gonna be a big challenge Big opportunity for, for Michael Moe, and, as well as for John. But, you know, in the middle of his career, Michael Moe's had a, a sort of a sneaky good year and has had a lot of nice wins over top players. Here he is uh, arriving for, for a big day chance at the... That's Arthur, Arthur, Arthur Feast coming in. The um, but, but Michael Moe, he's beaten 
five top 20 players this year. So a uh, chance for, for a nice signature win for Michael Moe. It, it certainly is. Uh, for John Isbell, he, he would be the oldest American man to reach the third round at the U.S. Open since Jimmy Connors when he made that semifinal push. So also playing doubles with Jack Sock. Looking forward to that. Is he uh, playing mix mm -hmm. too? John's yeah, not right. playing mix. Not playing mix? No. Okay. Jack is. Jack's playing mix? Yeah. With oh, Coco, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're going to go out, go out big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maximize your chances of winning. Uh, last American to win a major singles title. We've talked about Sophia Kennan. She's got Daria Kazakina. Who do you give the edge to in this one? You know, I think Kazakina, she's been tough. I, you know, believe Kazakina won the last time they played. I certainly think she has the edge. But Kennan, she's so dangerous. And when she can catch fire, obviously a major champion, she's got, you know, some of that belief that's still there. Uh, and it can turn within one match or, or, you know, within a situation on court. I think, you know, that's going to be the key is can she have the confidence to go after her shots, to use the backhand, to open up the court, not let Kazakina dictate and control the temperature and the pacing, that's not going to be easy to do, but she's got a good shot, uh, Kennan, and hopefully she can play well. Who's the last player to beat Coco Goff in a major? Um, it's Kennan. I mean, it's, it's, it's <laughs> such a strange three years. She, she won a major. She got to the final of another major. She's also dropped way into the triple digits in her ranking, but this is an opportunity. Kazakina is a, a nice player to watch. She's fun to, to you know, as, as entertainment value. She's not someone who's going to blast Kennan off the court, so I think this, this could be a real battle. I'm really looking forward to the matchup between Andy Murray and Grigor Dimitrov. Uh, Dimitrov had a heck of a comeback in, in his first-round match, and, and Andy Murray's Andy Murray. I mean, how do you see this one going, Paul? Yeah, look, Grigor Dimitrov's still one of the best athletes on tour, has so many weapons to hurt everybody, and Andy Murray does what Grigor doesn't like to do, which is return your second serve unbelievably effectively. So this is going to be a great chess match. Um, I look for the balance on offense for Andy to see if he can get uh, really aggressive and try to dictate play. And for Grigor, I want to see if he tries to find his way into the net. It is going to be athletic and it's going to be entertaining. Two great competitors. You bring the popcorn. Yeah, and I'll you bring, bring the, the honeydews. I'll bring the honeydews. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, it's time they are meeting. Not a lot of secrets yep. here. And if it weren't only the head-to-head -head Andy 8-3, if it weren't only the head-to-head -head two members that used to work with uh, Murray now working with uh, Grigor Dimitrov. So these two know each other well. Murray going for his 50th win at the U.S. Open. There's always something with Andy Murray. You know, numbers, man. It's yeah, a numbers game. Pushing those numbers. Got his 200th Grand Slam win, the last one. So now right. 50th U.S. Open. Pretty good stuff. Good division. Yep. Right? <laughs> yep. 50-50. Quarter of them at each one-ish. Yeah, right. All right. We, we're live inside the gym. And look at us in the middle TV. That's Chanda Rubin. Wow. Everybody's watching you, Chanda. Actually watching tennis. Wait, wait watch it's time. the only pregame show for the U.S. Open. Players know that. They be watching. <laughs> <laughs> More TC Live after a quick break. You can find us every morning, 9 a.m. Eastern, leading up to live coverage on ESPN at noon Eastern. Don't go anywhere. Paul, Steve, Chanda, John, back on TC Live. There's Matteo Berrettini. Hugo Boss, man. Red Bull, man. Uh, Sasha Zverev made his only major final in New York. That was, I believe, three years ago. Takes on fellow German Daniel Altmaier today. Some big matches coming up. And before every day at the U.S. Open, Steve Digner will give you his three to see, previewing a trifecta of top matches. Good ones today. we got Andy Murray, Grigor Dimitrov, Andre Rublev, Gal Monfils, and you may be surprised by who he picked to win the Kenan Kazakina match. Mm, maybe an American? Maybe an American. <laughs> <laughs> Read it. 
Well, uh, Ryan Day getting ready to lead Ohio State this Saturday for the start of the college football season, John. But uh, he's, he's got a, a little love for our sport as well, right? Yeah, a lot of love. We had a fun time putting together this piece on Ryan Day, the Ohio State football coach who hits a nice tennis ball as well. He just needs to uh, control his temper a little bit. <laughs> he's an aggressive oh, player, right? Yeah, one hander. Yeah. He is aggressive out there, charging the net. Look I mean, at the strokes. Look awesome. Come back tomorrow. I like that. That's going to be on, on TC Live tomorrow. Big feature on Ryan Day. Tune in for that. Uh, meantime, mm. how about this? So Fiona Crawley, she didn't take her first-round prize money. To retain her eligibility, she plays at University of North Carolina. Chapel Hill won the NCAA doubles this year. Team title as well. Uh, was number one ranked player in the in the country for a while. But she's not happy that she can't take the money. said, I, I would never take the money, never risk my eligibility, but I worked my butt off this week. Seems unreal to me that there are football and basketball players making millions in NIL deals. I can't take the money that I worked so hard for. And Fiona, I am with you. John's clapping as well. Explain that to me, John. I don't, I'm. She is one. So we are in a world of NIL when college athletes can now make money on the side. They cannot make it through their sport, though. So she's absolutely right. $81,500. If she took that from a booster, she could keep it. If she did sponsored ads for the campus CBD oil distributorship, she could keep it. But by actually making that money playing her sport, she can't because it would violate amateurism. Um, she's absolutely correct, and uh, it would be interesting to see if this was an offhand remark or if this actually could start some sort of movement because it makes no sense. If it doesn't start some sort of movement, that's a problem. Yeah. I mean, that that's a huge issue because there are just certain sports, as we all know, in college athletics where your NIL value is going to be totally marginalized. But when you're able to do something that produces income by virtue of how good you are at it, exactly. like this, for her not right. to be able to, to reap the benefits, that makes zero sense to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, but it would make her a professional. And so, but what's the yeah, difference between right. that and the NIL stuff? That's the that's what I'm. I guess yeah. you're playing, and, and your abilities did not get you that money, you know, specifically on the field or on the court. I mean, it, you know, it's a debate. I, I think is is valid and fair. I mean, why not have that money be put into an account maybe yeah, for her for when great. she exactly. does turn pro or when she does finish college? Like, I don't think that should just sort of fade away. And, and she talked about how hard she worked for it. She came through qualifying, yeah. right? Like, yeah. she earned that money. Right. Uh, and so it, it's an even bigger insult to injury. So I can certainly understand the argument. And maybe there are some things, um, you know, to your point, Paul, that can be done for that money to be kind of in trust. At the end of the day, Tar Heel Nation come together, some boosters, and, and somebody get eighty-one thousand five hundred dollars, and tell Fiona to like sponsor your, your 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 car car shop or something like that, right? That she could keep. That, that she could keep. That's that's exactly it. And we love the fact that she's continuing to play college tennis. Uh, the newly enhanced USOpenShop.org is the official shop for twenty twenty-three US Open merchandise. Get US Open gear for the whole family. Check out a variety of one-of-a-kind US Open accessories. Visit USOpenShop.org today. Back with your people, stars in the stands, and look ahead to the big matches right here on TC Live. TC Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. Back with our People Magazine stars in the stands. Who was there? How about Olympic gold medal skiing legend Lindsey Vaughn? And uh, John, who's right behind? Uh, Lindsey? It's like, uh, it's like 
Alec Baldwin and Ilaria right behind Lindsey Vaughn. Yes, definitely yes. Alec Baldwin. Good, good Lindsey Vaughn, uh, good, a good tennis fan. She's she's shows up at a lot of these events. Yeah, Tracy was talking about that earlier. And uh, how about Olympic gold medal gymnast Lori Hernandez, an actor turned White House staffer, Cal Penn. Nice little variety. It was always so good to see the faces in the stands and how many people come together at the U.S. Open. And uh, keep the rackets in hands and keep the people's people in the stands. I don't know if they serve White Castle. No? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Kumar Patel reference. <laughs> Might be $25. For more stars in the stands, visit people.com. Uh, you heard the music, John. That means it's time for your stat of the day. All right. What do we got? Shazam it. Uh, here we have poor Casper Rude, Steve. Uh, talk about up and down, right? This is like Lombard Street uh, of results. He's been to three major finals in the last 15 months or so. Two of those in Paris last year at the U.S. Open. But amid those results, there are some early round losses, including uh, a second rounder here. Very strange. Or feast or famine Casper, uh, you know, uh, Sahara or icebergs Casper. You never know what you're getting. Now you can buy shares of his career. Yes, so right. uh, if you want a wild ride <laughs> investing, this is going to be like Casper crypto. Um, feast, feast or famine. Uh, a lot of delta. The twists and turns. I like the Lombard Street reference there in San Francisco. Uh, breaking down some matches that are coming up today. Carlos Alcaraz in action against Lloyd Harris. Uh, he, he's had some some injuries. Uh, you know, listen, he's had the wrist problems, Paul. But he has made a quarterfinal in New York. How, how can he challenge Alcaraz today? Well, look, Harris is a terrific athlete. The biggest question mark has been his longevity and resiliency with the injuries. that have just been rough as of late. He can play big, athletic, strong tennis. Can he do it three out of five mm. set against Carlitos? We will see shortly. But Alcaraz, I think, has so much um, variety in how he can hurt you. And the thing that continues to amaze me is his balance, his ability to figure out different ways to use all those golf clubs in his golf bag. So I think a little too much of a, of a question for Paris at this juncture right now. At this juncture. Uh, at this juncture, John, we've got a good one between Andre Rublev and Gael Monfils. Right? So... Yeah. What do you think? Well, it's funny. I mean, we saw you know, more than 100 points separate them in the rankings, more than a decade chronologically in years separate them. And yet, I think Gael's got a real chance of an upset here. He's been playing awfully well since he's back. He feeds off the crowd. Rublev also is prone to some very strange results. Um, I'm starting to feel like uh, this could be Gael time. What do you think? I think he looks good for it. I think the matchup works for Gael if he's playing as well as we've been seeing him play. I, I'm with you yeah. there. I think if he's healthy, like if he can get through the entire match, healthy, upset, I, right? I think he, he can win this one. Uh, the other half of Gem's life is also in action, so we'll, we'll see if, if they're in the player box as well. Alina Svitolina, Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova. The Russian leads at 3-2 head-to-head, but who takes it today? You know, I think this is a good opportunity for Alina Svitolina. I mm-hmm. think the matchup works. You know, the familiarity... I, think that's not necessarily a bad thing either. Uh, but she's so quick around the courts, Fidelina. She gets to those extra balls. That can force Pavlichinkova into some errors. She's not as confident as we've seen her at times in, in her career, Pavlichinkova. So I think for Svitolina, she's got to like what she's going to get and how she can counter it and, and defend. And I also think Svitolina's been turning the tables a little bit more. She's getting more aggressive. Mm-hmm. She had 22 winners in her first-round match against Friedsam. Now, that's not Pavlyuchenkova, but still, I think that gives her the confidence to go after shots when she does have the opportunity. 
I like her chances. Jem's life is really dominating Sitsidosa right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. In, in all <laughs> aspects, right? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Uh, that is another TC Live at the U.S. Yeah. Open on day four. When we come back tomorrow, it's going to be yeah. talking about th third round matches. We're already yeah. in the third yeah. round. A Friday. Get ready. Get ready. Awesome stuff. For Paul, John, Chanda, our entire team, I'm Steve Weissman. Thank you so much for joining us here on TC Live. Enjoy the tennis today.